Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Monday, October 31st, as the uh, trick-or-treating siren goes off in the background. And tonight, we'll be talking about Michigan and the paranormal. And of course, Happy Halloween, everyone. And uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, you can find all the episodes of the show, along with links to social media, ways to donate, and ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. And happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to share them, either by reading them or having you on the show to talk about them. And uh, I think uh, everything's all set. Now, the rest of the week will be usual shows. Tomorrow will be um, True Paranormal Stories from the Web. And uh, Wednesday will be another book review, probably a Stephen King review, a book I've already read just because I haven't really had a ton of time to um, listen to more Lovecraft. And uh, Thursday will be Paranormal News. And then uh, there will not be a bonus show this weekend um, just because I've been... This is my ninth day in a row of doing a show, so, um, and I'm happy to do so because it's Halloween, but, uh, but yeah, so definitely going to be taking a couple days off this weekend, but, uh, so that's the plan for the week, and, uh, I think with that, uh, we can bring in a special guest to uh, help me celebrate two years of the podcast as well, and I want to welcome Derek to the show. Hey, James. Happy Halloween. Same to you. Thank you Thank for you, being thanks. here. Oh, glad to be here. Glad to be here. And yeah, don't, don't bury the lead with the uh, anniversary show. That's, that's probably more important than the fact that it's Halloween. It's uh, a huge two years, big two years. How do you feel after the, uh, after the second year? It's, you know, it took a long time. It took almost the two years to get to a schedule that I like. So, yeah. um, so it's definitely, I've learned a lot in the first two years of doing this show. And, uh, I'm looking forward to this third year being more of just a, a study schedule, um, no major changes, um, and uh, just just putting on more shows. So yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the crowd keeps on growing as far as people that are listening, and all the numbers are going up, which is amazing. So yeah, I really appreciate exactly. that. Yeah, it was a big year. I feel like you've uh, you've grown a lot. We thought you grew a lot from the from the first year, but the second year it just feels like. Sky's the limit now. To the moon, as uh, Elon Musk would say. Yeah. So, every, everything's yeah. possible. But uh, yeah, we got a fun one tonight. I'm excited for this one. I was I was pumped for this one. Uh, we've been we've been playing this for for like a month easily now, probably. So. Yeah, and you know what? There's. I was thinking about it. There's. I'm sure we both found so many articles. We're not going to be able to just include them all in the, the episode description. So um, yeah. whatever we all talk about tonight. You all, I'm sure you'll be able to go around, look around online and find out stuff about it and uh, go from there because I I know I have like four or five things and I'm sure you've got two or three times as many as that. And uh, so, yeah. It's too many articles. I'll I'll try, I'll try the best I can. Like, I don't want to, I'm going to have a tough, tough enough time to like try to parse through all my notes and everything. So 
I don't want to have to do that and then try to post pictures and then try to post the links. So best I can, I'll like post some of the articles like after the show's over maybe in the, in the stream. So if anybody wants to check those out, uh, hop in the discord after, um, but I'll definitely reference the articles while I'm, while I'm going through them. So if anybody wants to, they can look it up on their own, but yeah, ton of stuff. We're going to, it turns out Michigan may be the hotspot of all, uh, American or North American weird activity it seems like this is kind of the nexus zone of like you name the activity it seems like to be happening in michigan it's crazy yeah i mean in terms of um just ghosts and or ufos aliens and or cryptids it, it all does seem to be here i didn't get i didn't i didn't make it into the looking into the cryptid category of things but um oh don't worry i got still, there's i figured you would yeah, yeah don't worry yeah we so. got plenty we got plenty uh, where do you want to start here? Do you want to uh, hit me with uh, one of the articles you found first, just so I don't I can cross that off my list in case uh, there's any crossover? So for the audience, we we didn't reveal any of the research to each other that we that we accumulated. Um, so we kind of kind of get the reactions um, organically, like we don't, we don't know what we're going to be talking about. And also, like full disclosure, James is from Michigan. We're doing his like his home turf, and I am from Massachusetts. So I'm I'm coming in, in with very very little Michigan knowledge and just trying to. Uh, See if I can find any cool nuggets. And uh, yeah, I mean, needless to say, Michigan is overflowing with, with strangeness. So I'm uh, excited to talk about it. Yeah, and surrounded by water. Exactly, it's covered well. in water. Water everywhere. Yeah, and all yeah. through it, like there's yeah. all kind of rivers and this marshland, swampland. It's a big wet mess, basically. No offense. Yeah. Um. So the <laughs> the first article I have here that I found is uh, 25 haunted places in Michigan. Oh, this is in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. I didn't even realize that. Wow. This article. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so this is just the top part of the state. Yeah. Uh, um, but let me see here. And that's that's neat because I've never actually been up there before. Um, but yeah. uh, so, so, so let me see I was listening to a bunch of uh, podcasts the past few nights to try to just like well, I was working, like I couldn't, I didn't have free hands to like do any physical research until I got home. So to just try to like uh, narrow my narrow my search down and see what I'd be looking at, and like a like a, I cranked up a ton a ton of them, and like one of them was talking about how this might be I'm not sure if it's completely accurate, but like the Upper Peninsula, and they call people I guess from the Upper Peninsula uh, Upers, I guess is that a thing? They call them a Uper. Yeah. And and um, yeah, <laughs> apparently. So I guess it's like. One third of Michigan's um, land size, but it's three percent of the population. So basically, it's like there's like nothing up there. There's just wilderness and mines and and just a, a lot of strangeness, as well as we'll come to find out in this episode. But it's weird how like it's very scarcely populated. So just imagine how many sightings there would be if it was as populated as the rest of Michigan. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm looking here. Let me see here. Um, I'm going to go to another article after this because this is all just upper and I didn't realize that, but, um, yeah. so I'll, I'll do two ghost articles here I'll, and I'll just be skimming through them cause there's just so much. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, so let's see here. I'm just going to do something real quick, copy and paste a link into my browser, but okay. So one thing that some people may have heard of is the Paulding light. Um, yeah, and it's that's a small town in the Upper Peninsula, and it's known for this light display that uh, happens uh, along a stretch of Highway 45. 
and um, people have been checking it out for for years, apparently. And there's no explanation for um, for what what it is. Yeah. And um, so these these are apparently lights that are different colors: uh, white, red, and green. And um, they say that it's the spirit of a rail, rail, railroad worker. That's hard to say. Um, who yeah. passed away while trying to switch the the tracks? Or an American man dancing along the power lines, which is something that's like there. Um, so either yeah, way, that's, that's very some weird. Like going on there, maybe. So yeah, yeah for sure. Go ahead and talk some. I have that. a. I, I have some uh, some notes on that here, so I just uh, kind of like read those off kind of now while we're talking about yeah. it, but um. Yeah, so, so just kind of a general thought. Like, there's a lot of like what we'll what we'll talk about. There's a lot of like witch stuff. It's very like witchy during a certain time period, and then there's a lot of like Native American stuff. There's a lot of, like a lot of the hauntings are blamed on um, like Native American burial grounds. That that type of trope or whatever, which could be um, the case in some instances. But like I think that's kind of like a kind of an Americanized, kind of Westernized interpretation of of hauntings. That like it has to be some type of murder or, tra- or trauma on the site for it to cause some type of paranormal activity, which I don't, don't necessarily subscribe to. I think that's the case sometimes, but I think that like, I'm most interested in like the land itself and how the actual land and like these vortex spots and portal spots and things we, we talk about all the time and how like these native American sites and these like sacred spots, um, they, they knew where this energy was kind of focused on. They would kind of build their, areas around these things so i don't think these lands and areas are haunted because they're on like native american sites i think the native american sites are on the, the places because these places have like special spiritual metaphysical properties to them and stuff and then like the same way with the with the witch stuff like when 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 the settlers and everything came over we just kind of that was just the the phrase we kind of used um or they used so to, to like describe strange activity they just blamed everything on a witch or a demon and stuff. So you find a lot of like uh that type of that type of um flavor in the stories, but I just find it interesting that it's all everything is popping up. But so yeah, so this um apparently there was like with these with these lights, with these uh holding lights, there was like in twenty ten range there was a, some these debunkers apparently from uh like an engineering college who claims to have like figured out like they believe it's highway lights that there's like they figured out that it's lights from a highway they think but the people in the area they did not resonate with that at all and they pretty much think it's bs and they're like no this is there's definitely something really weird going on and apparently the first recorded sighting of the paulding light was in uh, 1966 when a group of high school boys um rep- like repeatedly saw it they saw it multiple times and they told the uh local sheriff about it and then um the official legend says that uh the light comes from the swaying lantern held by a ghost of the the, the railway uh, railroad um, brokeman like, that you said. And then um, this was a logging country more than a century ago. Some uh, local residents say there's a number of railroads uh, that could run through the forest and are now buried underneath the brush. So there's like some believe that this is the actual light of an, a ghost train itself. That like that there's like hidden buried uh, tracks and stuff. So the light people are seeing is is the actual ghost train itself, which is kind of Kind of creepy, and then um, some speculation is that it's like swamp gas, which we'll get into more tonight. And then some say it's like 
kind of some weird anomaly that we don't really understand that's connected to the northern lights some type of like this light activity that we just it's 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 not paranormal per se but it's just kind of supernatural in that we don't we don't understand it i guess um and then uh some believe it's obviously aliens and like ghost orbs or there's some type of like fairy lights and that type of stuff but um the debunkers also say that like the sightings seem to start up when the highway was built so that it's just to, to drop out to, to lay out the skeptical side of it there's a possibility that it's like some type of weird weird anomaly with the reflection of highway lights but the people who live there they they don't believe that they have they they generally believe that it's some type of weird activity um which is cool to me yeah it is and i i agree with you on the 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 native american and then the witch um the those points that you touched on there i definitely agree yeah um on those kind of tropes back before that was really a word um yeah exactly. that was happening and um yeah i i thought i remembered it being something having something to do with railroad and there being it being actually the light of a ghost train that's something i need to i may need to do an episode on ghost trains yeah that'd be cool yeah 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 that'd be, um, that'd be cool because that's it just makes you wonder what is that i mean if it's yeah. a if it's a light or if it's a um some people i know i forget where i've heard different stories over the years and read them that people will see actual ghost trains or ghost vehicles i mean we've heard of ghost cars yeah. before yeah and exactly. so it just I makes mean, you, it, what is that Wonder no i know in like we'll, we'll we're gonna be bouncing around it's tough to, it's, I'm, it's gonna be impossible to try to go in any kind of order so just but so there's like i, I tried looking for for ley lines in, in michigan and it's tough to like really find uh concrete ley line maps it's it's like a pretty new uh field of research and stuff but um like in in like the ley line study like or in like the ley line like ideas kind of there's the idea that like uh railroad tracks or highways are were like purposely designed on um to like kind of mirror native american um paths like hunting paths or like tribal path like some type of like ritual paths or whatever that it's they like repurposed these more ancient, ancient like energetic paths that like that um, that there, it could be that it's not that there was some kind of ghost train act like some type of train accident that caused some type of haunted train. It could be that just this area that there's like energy along these like highways and railroads because like that's kind of where the currents flow, and just because we we know that there's railroad tracks on them the way the phenomena shapes itself throughout through our observation is as a ghost train. You know, we're seeing a ghost train because we expect to see a ghost train or some type of like ghost conductor with a lantern and that type of stuff because our brain says railroads, it must be that, you know, but just like the idea that it could just be um, any type of some strange, strange phenomena because it's on these energetic lines. Uh, I just find it really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's one other one here that we should mention for Michigan. Okay. Um, and that would be, of course, and anyone that's seen any of the paranormal reality, quote-unquote reality shows, <laughs> yeah. is probably aware of this, but um, Mackinac Island. Um, yes. And it's, it's um, they say in this article here, it's thought to be the most fun place in Michigan. Again, I always take that with a grain of salt because I think there's paranormal activity everywhere. It's just a matter of when it's noticed and when it's reported. Yeah. But um, 
this is there are many places um maybe in the grand hotel which it says it was built on the uh, military's first um military post for cemetery there which yes. is, i hadn't heard yep. about that to that's weird uh, yeah um fort which is again explored by um different tv shows i think the grand was also an explore um the grand hotel was also met, um, featured on shows to um, mission yeah. point which is um i believe is another hotel uh so it's there's just all kinds of locations there and that is that does i can tell everyone that's the this description here um mentioning all these places these are places that before being haunted so i'm pretty sure there's, yeah. there's something to that. <clears throat> yeah. exactly so so, so so there's another one that's, that's that they say again it's a it's a huge native american burial ground too and it's just okay maybe um but also it's just did did like and also like when we get into the ufo stuff and all kind of like all that type of type of things people will there's a lot of like military bases in michigan so people will kind of dismiss the alien flavor their side or, or connotation to ufos because like no it's just a human craft um but like, irregardless of uh, advanced human vehicle, is still strange and weird. But like, I all. But again, back to the ley line energy point thing. I think that, um, like the idea that aliens or UFOs are kind of sounding military bases, I think might kind of be an older paradigm that might kind of uh, it might not be exactly accurate. I think that's like military bases are built on these power spots, so that UFOs cryptids weird stuff is sent to, is attracted or is around these power spots and the powers that be are also probably aware of these power spots more than the average person is and then they built their they build their military complexes tech complexes any type of like cern or any type of like crazy scientific weirdness because they're also trying to investigate these things the same as same as a, an alien would and stuff um so I'm not sure if the burial ground thing really holds water there, but uh, there's there's a at Grand Hotel they say that there's a a black mass people see they call it a quote evil entity that um, has glowing red eyes. Um, there's a maintenance man who was like working at the the hotel theater stage one time and he reported that black mass uh, black black mass that rushed after him, um, literally knocking him off his feet, and then uh, um. He woke up two, like two days later. It, like knocked him out. He woke up two days later, and he he, he never went back apparently. And right. then, uh, like this, <laughs> they're just they're just crazy. And then the staff um, reported seeing a man in a top hat playing the bar's piano, and people in like Victorian clothing is are, are seen um, in the halls and the beds and stuff. And there's a uh, another hot spot called the Drowning Pool. Um, in the 1700s and early 1800s, seven women were accused of being witches. Um, Back in the days, one of, uh, one of the methods was uh, to determine if, if you were a witch was to drown them, t- tie their feet to, to rocks and stuff. Um, if they sank, they were innocent, which, again, is just people don't know about that. That's just a crazy, crazy way to deter. They're just basically they're murdering yeah. people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, so seven of these women were thrown into the lagoon um, on the island between Mission Point and downtown Mackinac. Uh, all of them sank and drowned. And legend says that the women haunt these waters. Um, which, again, it's equating a murder and this witch era to the activity. But just ladies, ladies of the lake, like sirens or water spirits, that's 
very super common. That's a very large field of research and stuff. So this is attributing it to drowned witches, but I just think it's interesting that it could be some type of water spirit too, the same way. And then um, for Mac and I are talking about, there's a, the sound of crying babies is often heard. Um, furniture's moving around all the time. Motion detectors being set off and nobody's around. And then um, at the officer's stone quarters, ghostly children are said to be playing with uh, toys, leaving them thrown around on the floor in the morning. Um, the Mission Point Resort you already mentioned. And then uh, the guy, the most popular ghost story is a man named Harvey who died in the late 1960s. And uh, apparently he had a broken heart. Um, he like, shot himself at the resort. Wasn't discovered for six months. And then, um, but some people think he was actually murdered. And that he's like, uh, like roaming around the place. And that one woman claims um, she was visiting the hotel and she, experienced, she uh, was alone one night. Um, the bathroom door closed, lights turned off. Um, she saw this guy, never came back, basically. But yeah, to have that many weird uh, hotspots, they call them, all in just this one island. That's, that's not, this isn't just, again, this is not just all of Michigan. This is like one island in, in, in Michigan. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not even one peninsula. It's not the upper or lower, it's just yeah, yeah. an island. Yeah. Yep. Um, so looking here in the chat, uh, Mattel asks what part of Michigan I'm in. And I'm actually in uh, Macomb County, which is southeast Michigan. And I always forget this. It's actually um, a little bit north of Detroit, which is a major town and um, major city. Of course, most people that know know Michigan or the U.S. they they've heard of at least heard of of Detroit. And yeah, um, exactly. yeah. So so yeah, there's a lot more on this list, but I think we should probably get moving on. There is one other thing I wanted to. Uh, mentioned here, I have this other article about the most haunted cities or towns in Michigan. Okay. And um, a couple of places I want to mention from this list because of family stories and my own experiences. Uh, the, let's see, number, well, I'll just say one of the, the towns on this list is um, Saginaw. This is where my grandma's, I guess it would be my great aunt lived, and my grandma's sister lived. Um, back, I think, in the 60s, or maybe even earlier. Yeah. And their house, like, I only have bits and pieces. I, I think I've told them before. Bits and pieces of stories about things that happened in that house. Um, from kids next door in, in the upper, like, the second story, um, seeing other kids in the second story of that house when there were no kids there. They actually came downstairs and walked over and asked the... the um, my grandma's sister, if they could play with the kids that were upstairs, wow. and there were there were no kids there. Um, there's even one story, and I've never heard of this anywhere else, at least that I can think of. Of one morning, the family woke up to find their car was gone, and not long after, they got a phone call from a neighbor, I think on another street, who had seen the car pull up to the the side of the street near them, but there was no one driving the car that they could see. Wow. So um, <laughs> that's bizarre. That's yeah. bizarre. So yeah. just all kinds of activity there. Yeah. Um so in the other town that I used to live in is um Port Huron. Oh, and wow. um that place has a the one place I'm pretty sure is haunted there is um it's called the McMorrin complex. I think it's the theater and then um arena. 
Yeah. And that place just has energy. Just feels like there's people there. Yeah. Even when you're not around people there. It just feels like it's crowded. Yeah. And um and I've I found a couple of years ago I found an article about the theater and I, I don't know where it is now. It's probably on an older PC that's not working anymore at this point. Yeah. Um <laughs> but so there I'm not the only one that has had um feelings in that in that arena. Also, just real quick, in the apartment building that I lived in there for a little while, which was directly behind that whole McMoran complex, I was walking around there one night after I had moved in and um, just checking the place out, and they had this um, small cafeteria and or gathering hall kind of room. And um, I happened to walk by, and the lights were off in the room, but there were lights on the hallways, of course. And I happened to just turn and look in there, and I could just see the... Just from the, the, the neck up, or just the head of an older woman that was there. Wow. Just, like, not facing me, just facing away, like, or to the side. And just stayed there. Didn't do anything, didn't move. But I, I thought that was pretty amazing. And I, I didn't get any weird feelings from, from whatever, whoever or whatever it was. But I was like, yeah. okay, that's, that's weird. And I did have this one is- sighting in the apartment that I lived in, in the bathroom, of a guy... In all like dark clothes, like a dress, like a uh, a jet, ja- like a leather jacket and pants, yeah. just there for a brief second and then gone. Wow! Wow! So, yeah, that's wild. It's I like that most of your all. I mean, are all of your experiences are positive or at at worst neutral, right? Like you 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 don't you don't have many or any. Um, experiences where you've gotten like a dark negative feeling do you like i've only had a couple uh, like yeah. two maybe, like uh, yeah, out of cool. out of yeah. all of them and i mean yeah, my gosh yeah. a good 20 30 so many yeah so many i don't know, I don't know. It's, so, yeah it's, fa- it's, it's, it's it's fascinating it's like a it's like a, it's like a synchronicity or maybe because you live in michigan but it's, it's synchronistic that like you're you have all these experiences and also michigan itself seems to be this hotbed of experience let me just uh Toss out these rankings real quick. Just to paint the picture for everybody as to like what we're talking about here. So these are all from different sites. I just had to find them separately. But Michigan is ranked 10th in UFO sightings in America. So they're uh, 10th most UFO sightings in America. 8th in Bigfoot sightings, um, which I found shocking because they're not even known for Bigfoot. They're known for, for the Dogman, which, which we'll get into. Like, there's do- like their Dogman is the primary sighting, but they're still ranked eighth in bigfoot which means that like if it was a place where dogman wasn't as big and everyone was just crediting bigfoot for these things i think they'd be first with a with a bullet honestly um and then they're fourth in paranormal activity after uh, this texas and california which are obviously just massive and you would expect them to have the most and then ohio which again is right near you and this kind of this, um kind of uh maybe a larger vortex area this whole mid- midwest region but uh we're like California and Texas have like 6,000 paranormal sightings a year, apparently. Um, it's uh, Michigan is 2,000 sightings per year, and they're right after Ohio, which is crazy for such a small state. Um, and it's ranked seventh in missing people. So for like missing 411 type stuff, I found interesting too. Um, but yeah, it's just this, this nexus area, this hot zone of, of everything. Um, so where do you want to go next? Do you want me to stick in the haunted for a little bit or want me to move on to a different thing? Or? Let's move into the haunted because we're already almost a half an hour for the show. And because uh, they move, they move on to the haunted or, or yeah, finish uh, up the haunted. Move yeah. on to to the either UFO or cryptid wherever you want to go. 
Okay. That's fine. All right. Uh, so the only thing for, I really had for haunted was just some, um, some haunted lighthouses. There is right. many oh, haunted yeah. lighthouses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one in Port Huron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. 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 Yeah. Many. It's, it's a bunch of like like a ton of them. Like uh, at least eight. I think I have here. Um, which is which is pretty crazy. It's almost one as of them, the Fort Gratiot Light Station. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just rattle off what they are. I, I won't okay. read the descriptions or anything. Um, but uh, Sishaw Point Lighthouse, um, Whitefish Point Light Station. Okay, Point, I've heard of that one. Um, Point Gradiot Light uh, Lighthouse, or uh, G R A T I O T. Yeah, Gratiot. Yep, yep, that's uh, the one. I think. Wow. Uh, wow, that's crazy. But, um, Detroit Rock City Paranormal is hosting a paranormal um, investigation there last week. So it must okay. be hard. Um, Point Irico Lighthouse in Brimley. Um, these are a ton of crazy names, but Wago Sh- uh, Wagashants Shoal in Mackinac. Uh, Mackinac Streets. Um, White River Light Station. Uh, South Monotau Island Lighthouse. Or Manitou, um, Point Point Aw Point Ox Point Ow, Ow uh, This is like a combination of Native American and French words. So it's yeah, just stuff. yeah. <laughs> point Ow Bark, uh, Bark, like B R U B R Q U E S Lighthouse, Bear Point Harbor Lighthouse, um, Old Presque Isle Lighthouse, um, and I only copied and pasted the most haunted ones, like the ones I found the most fascinating. So there's, there was even more on the, on the, on the websites I found, which I just found crazy. Um, obviously there's a chance that like every person in their local region just considers their lighthouse to be spooky and haunted, but yeah. there's just some, there, but there's also just like a ton of sightings that all these people have actual crazy weird sightings and just lighthouses in general fascinate me. Um, like cause yep. on a human level, they're used as like is guiding, literally a guiding light. You, which I wonder if kind of uh, metaphysically, um, they kind of might have a similar act to like lost spirits and that type of thing. And yet, uh, they're the living there, especially the further back in time you go. Living in those places was not easy. No, no, I know. There's a a movie from like 2018, 2019 called The Lighthouse uh, with um, Robert Pattinson and uh, I'm, I'm like on his name, um, but it's very Lovecraftian. It's very, it's very creepy. Nice. Um, so, all right. So here we go. Um, wanted to do some cryptids. Hit some, yeah. hit some, hit some monsters here for a little bit. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. We got the uh, the Dewey Lake monster first, um, also known as a Sister Lakes Sasquatch. Uh, Sasquatch. Um, it's reported to be an ape-like creature, similar to descriptions uh, of Bigfoot. Um, it was allegedly sighted in the summer of 1964 near Dewey Lake and Sister Lakes in. Uh, Doa Doa Jack Doa Jack T O W A G I A C. Um, this creature was described as covered in hair, approximately ten feet, five hundred pounds, and had glowing eyes. In uh, June of 1964, the story gained national attention after local residents reported seeing a large hairy creature with glowing eyes. Police searched the area. Um, the legislators have found nothing. Um, nevertheless, the reports caused furious thrill seekers and monster hunters to, to besiege the community that summer. Um, so apparently now, like it's a kind of a touristy thing. Like they 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 have like uh, entrepreneurs selling monster getaway gas, monster burgers, monster hunting kits with like nets and flashlights and squirt guns and stuff, mallets and stick. 
Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, the beast had already been known. So, so that was from just from the regular Dewey Lake Monster wiki. And then this one from uh, the cryptid, cryptid fandom wiki. And it's uh, um, the beast had been known um, by, the, by the locals in the area for many years prior to 1964. Um, but, and it was rumored to dwell along a 15-mile stretch of swamp landing extending uh, from uh, Sister Lakes region toward um, Dakatur, Michigan, along Dewey Lake Street. However, Decatur. in 19... Decatur. Decatur. Yeah, Decatur. No, no problem. Um, for the record, for the, for the Massachusetts one, you, you, you'll be having the same problem. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, uh, so, in 1964, it gained national attention after several notable attacks and sightings prompted an investigation by authorities. Uh, yada, yada. Yeah. So, um, it's in marshland, again, which is, we talked about it before, but Marshland, swampland is considered by Native Americans or and by many cultures to be um, mystical because it's like on our plane in reality to where the land and the water kind of mix together. So that on the on the metaphysical on other planes, the idea is that it's where other realms kind of merge together too. So it, it acts as these kind of gateway points, which is why like New Orleans is on a big swamp and that's very mystical. Or like Washington D.C. was intentionally put on a swamp and they call it the swamp, and that's everyone knows that's that's all designed. Uh, geometrically and all that kind of stuff um so the one thing the one thing i didn't have time to really deep dive on was like the founders of of michigan like i don't know who who um like the elites are i don't know who like who were the first person uh the first people to come over here which would get me into more conspiracy stuff so unfortunately we we had none of that but like just too much of everything else honestly um that was the only question that was the only question mark i had is like i wonder if people knew that this area had the mystical, it's the mystical convergence that it is, and that's potentially why they came here and, and settled there. Because like one podcast I was listening to, um, like the 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 mitten the mitten ladies or something like that. Like the, the it's like a podcast all about Michigan weirdness. And let's like let's listen to a few of them. Just, like one of the hosts, her last name was Coburn. Which I recognize um, from like my area. There's all kind of Coburn stuff um, because I'm I'm like around where the Salem witch trials were. So she says her grand, her great 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 grandmother, or whatever, was an accused witch at the witch trials, and then had to flee from Massachusetts to Ohio, which again is the number third most populated place, and has all I mean most most paranormal place according to this, that that list, and has all the Ohio giant mounds, all the serpent mounds. It's very it's. It has all kinds of UFO stuff. It's, it's very, very, it's probably one of the weirder places in America for sure. And then from Ohio to Michigan, and then like in my Massachusetts deep dive, I found like direct like secret society and stuff. Like like the ones who kind of first went to Ohio, I I found direct connections to like weird occult esoterica and stuff. So I wonder again if the story is like fleeing from a witch trial, witch connotation. Um, Pop over to Ohio, where the where the esoteric stuff is, and then pop over to Michigan. Um, yeah, if, I, like, if, we, if we if we ever do a part two, that's where my that's where my uh, direction will be. Um, yeah, sounds good. Just real quick, the um, Detroit yeah. is does go back to pre um, USA pre US times in terms of being a fort. There being a fort in or near there. Yeah. That um, because that's a that's a French name word. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. Yeah. It could be. I mean, it's. I'm. 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 I'm sure there's something there. But I, yeah, I didn't get to look into that either. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, so yeah, I didn't know that Michigan was as, as French as it was. But apparently, like the French fur traders and everything, uh, like Cadillac, um, was one of the one of the early people there, and he was like, "That's a French name and everything." And he was like, and that's, he, "That's a major yeah. town." Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Okay. And uh, um, major town, and the major um, that's a, a car or vehicle brand. Oh, that's exactly. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Motor City. All right. Yep. Um, this might be the coolest uh i think i think this one i think this one's it um all right this might be the coolest cryptid that i found maybe like in a long time not just not just for not just for tonight but as as i'm reading it it might not be the right one but i'll find it next up to this so the great lynx water monster of lake huron the uh og um the Ojibwe legends say that is a giant rep- no this is other than it this one's cool too the Ojibwe legends say this is a giant reptile or serpent creature with large horns that rules the waters of Lake Huron. They call it the Mishubishu, which means Great Lynx. It dwells in an underwater den at the mouth of the Serpent River. And there, like, literally every story that we're going to be talking about today is, like, centered around a river. If it, if it, if it, if it names some type of, like, ge- like, geographical descriptor, it's usually of a river. And you make the case that a lot of these are animals. Animals would be going around rivers, too. But just, we've talked many times about there seems to be some type of like connection, energetic connection between rivers and uh, and the stuff, you know. Um, but uh, so uh, means great links dwells in the mouth of the river. The tails of this creature um, uh, are very common. You won't be in trouble hearing hearing stuff about it. This it's saying uh, in the 17th century. So that was from uh, that was from townships of the North Shore. Um, this next article also about this is from. Um, from sorry uh great lakes duck um uh, the mishabishu yeah. sorry i was uh this oh, one's calling just, it yeah go ahead, sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead go just ahead. real quick um the uh lake huron that's the one on the east side of the state and uh yeah. then there's the saint Clair uh, uh saint Clair river i believe um, that is connected. It, it connects um, Michigan to Canada on the east, oh, and wow. um, Port Huron, which is where I used to live, is right there. That's that's one of the major bridge bridges that goes from Michigan to Canada. Oh, and cool. yeah, and um, and so this Lake Huron thing, that's that's I didn't know about that, and that's neat because Saint Clair County is right at where that that river opens up. That St. Clair River opens up going north into wow. um, Lake Huron. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, and I've been there. A, wow. The St. Clair thing, that's how we may have talked about it on the first time I was on the show, like way, way, way back in the day. But that was like one of my huge deep dives for like my local region. And that got me into like the, uh, it was like kind of a separate spinoff thread, but it got me into like the, the Templar mysteries and the St. Saint, the Saint Clair. Is like a kind of it's a it's a derivation of Sinclair, like the, the like the Oak Island. You ever see the Oak Island show, the Oak Island okay. mystery thing? Whatever. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. So it's like the the Sinclairs are like a Templar family who's who's the ones who like came over to America and like or to North America and like hid the treasure and stuff. So like this, a Sinclair is like the an elite Templar name that like came over here and like um the story is like hid or involved with a physical treasure but i think that the temple the templar treasure 
is the land. It's the knowledge of the sacred spots of the land is my personal theory. So the idea that like this weird spot is named after this like and then St. Clair is also like a it's the female order of the Franciscans of the order of St. Francis and stuff. And again, Francis it's a it's a Templar thing. It's like I, I think it's all, all connected together. And that's why so naming it that is a clue to me that like this that they, they, they that, that you know. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that first one, that first article about the Great Lynx called it a a giant reptile with horns called the, the, the Mitsubishi, which kind of confused me because this next article called it a, a, a underwater panther. So that's what I was trying to uh, talk about. So that's like really tripped me out. So meet Mitsubishi, the underwater panther in Lake Superior. Um, in the 17th century, Father Paul uh, Lejuan is standing on the shores of Lake Superior, watching one of the First Nations uh, tribes in the area fish. He gazes out over the waters um, as, as, these, as these men pull out uh, this giant monster um, over a meter and a half long with a lizard-like body and the head of a turtle. The fishermen seem unsettled, and they quickly toss their creature back in. Um, later that night, Father Lejuan learns that the uh, strange creature the men had caught was not a fish at all, but a monster capable of causing uh, catastrophic t- uh, storms. Um, when they released it, it's because they were afraid to, uh, or they were hoping to escape its wrath, um, essentially. So, the Mission Pichu has all kinds of crazy names I'm not going to try to uh, pronounce, but they're, li- yeah. they're literally like ridiculously long. Um, they're like Lovecraftian, like Lovecraftian meets Native American names. It's insane. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they're, they're allegedly able to cause storms, waves, and whirlpool, uh, whirlpools. Um, the, uh, it's, it's sometimes considered to be a water spirit um, that travels through underwater uh, tunnels. Um, so kind of, it can like pop in from, like to, from, from lake to lake, so it can be seen all over the place. Like, not just Lake Superior. And uh, it speaks in a roaring hiss that sounds like rushing water. Um, it's an amalgamation of many different animal parts. Sort of like a Frankenstein's monster of all the animals you might find in the Great Lakes region. Um, some say it has the head and paws of an enormous cat, the horns of a bison, the scaly body of a snake, or the, feather, or the feathered body of a bird, uh, a spiky back and tail, and many other contrasting characteristics. Um, some say it's about the size of a lynx or a mountain lion. Others say it's unfathomably, unfathomably large. Um, it's considered by many to be malevolent. Uh, Case in point, it says the First Nations fishermen. Um, the creature passes its time, it says, by causing the death and misfortune for those who awaken his fury, um, guarding, guarding copper, which is all over the place in Michigan, um, mm-hmm. on Michi, Michipokinet, uh, <laughs> Michipikotin yeah. Island, mm. um, and generating powerful storms. As the mythology goes, Michipishu causes violent waters that wreak havoc on those unlucky enough to be in the lake when his temper, uh, when his temper strikes. The creature again can cause waves and rapids or whirlpools. Bizarre. That's, that was just one of the one of the most bizarre cryptids I've I've heard of in a long, long time. Yeah, and it sounds like a, a shape shifting water creature. And I, of course, I have to say I'm not surprised that it's part cat. <laughs> exactly. 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 I know. Um, we do have one cat story too coming up coming up later. Nice. Uh, I'm just trying to go. I have so many notes. I'm just trying to go in order so I don't like get too lost here. Um, yeah, um, all right. So there's that. There's the Great Links thing. The all right. So the the singing sands. Um, so quick, but uh, from 
ancestralfindings.com slash American Folklore Michigan. Uh, this is a beach on the south side of um, Keweenaw Peninsula that has an interesting association with it. The legend goes that a young Native American woman lost her true love to Lake Superior and spent the rest of her life crying on the beach, calling to him. Because she spent so long doing this, the white sands of the beach are imprinted with her energy, and the sand itself still sings and calls out to her lost love. You were supposedly able to make the sand sing by patting or brushing the surface of it with your hand. This only works uh, on the Betty Grise, Betty Grise Beach. Um, if you take sand from that beach anywhere else, it will not sing for you. Uh, that was a quick one, but it's interesting. Wow! You hear that? Yeah, that is. Yeah. No, I yeah. never, I, I never heard of a lot of these, um, which is yeah, really amazing. Cool. I figured. Yeah. Um, and Lake <laughs> Superior, for anyone that doesn't know, that's the one at the northern most, at the northernmost part of the state. Yeah. So, yeah, that's getting right near Canada. And again, wish- the French thing as well. I mean, that's they, there's that's there's people that are known as French Canadian. Exactly. French is a yeah. big language in the in 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 Canada. So, sorry, go exactly. ahead. No, no, and, and the fact that it's like on the Canadian line, um, and like, I, I, like the Upper Peninsula thing is fascinating to me. The fact that like this is this is I think the only state now, like Massachusetts and Maine. Way back in the day, used to be all Massachusetts. So those are like two disconnected land masses that are the same state. But that's that was like two hundred years ago. But Michigan, it's two like the fact that it's two different land masses has always like fascinated me. It kind of tripped me out. And it's and the fact that the Upper Peninsula, it's like, I mean, the case could be made that they want it. They would fight over it because of the copper and all the minerals that it has in it and everything. But also, um, it's like. I think that like state boundaries, obviously country boundaries and like the way they fight over these things, it's because they're like, they're, no, they're going for the power of the land and stuff. So the fact that like, it's so um, scarce, scarcely populated, it's covered in precious metals. It's, there's like magnetic anomaly all along it. Um, and it's sticking off all by itself. It, like it's just, it's a fascinating place. It's really, uh, I don't know. It's really cool. Um, yeah, and um, it does look like though in this in this image, it's it's either connected to or very close to Wisconsin. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It's like like Wisconsin should should be just part of Wisconsin, but like Michigan must have fought over, fought for it hard. That's, that's like what I mean. They must have like made a whatever meeting that was that where they set up the boundaries. Like you see that all the time when you're looking at like state lines and stuff, like Mass and New Hampshire. Like like why aren't they just straight lines? It's because like. There's these like weird things, and, and when you look at them, when you really zoom in and find out the, these things that are on these areas, it's like, oh, whoa! Like Massachusetts fought really hard to have this land, and, and then they, and then they threw X installation on it, or it's known for this haunted thing, or it's known for this famous UFO sighting, or it's known for this Salem witch trial, blah 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 thing. That it's like, um, I don't know. Obviously, the case can be made that they were, that they wanted it for the copper, but uh, like. For the half of, I mean, we're doing a paranormal show, so I think you can yeah. also make the case that they're doing it because it's like, like that's the holy grail. It's the it's the earth power. Like that's 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 what people, people are looking for. Well, look um, at the way that one article that I I didn't realize that was the twenty five most haunted towns, just in the Upper Peninsula or places yeah, exactly. in the Upper Peninsula. Exactly. That's that's not that big of a landmass compared to to the the Lower Peninsula, and yet there's these places. Exactly. So yeah. Sorry. No. No. And and so few people live there. Like that's 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 what's fascinating. It's it's like a third. It's a third of the popul. It's a third of the size, but 
three percent of the population. That's crazy. So, so, so California yeah. and Texas obviously are one and two for for amount of sightings because there's so many people and the land is just absolutely huge. This is a small chunk of area with no people on it, and it's still like loaded with paranormal sites, which means people are just going over there and seeing like the 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 success rate of seeing something weird must be very very high over there. You know, you'd imagine. Um, yeah, seems right. like it. Okay, so uh, next weird thing: um, the the Nain Rouge, um, N A N N A I N Rouge, um, alias Lenan Rouge, Lenain Rouge, uh, the Red Elf, the Red Dwarf, the Demon of the Strait, uh, Rub- Rubrum Pamilio, Pamilio, the Red Imp, Detro- um, Detroit's Age Old Guardian. So this one's kind of more um, centralized to, the, to, to Detroit. I've uh, heard of this one. Yeah, this, this is a cool one. So it's saying its origins in an early French settlement of Detroit, uh, proposed as deriving from French tales of the Luton, a strange, a type of hobgoblin, along with the Native American legends of an impish offspring, uh, offspring of the stone god. So uh, again, like I just find it fascinating that it's a, a combination of Native American lore mixed with French lore, just creates this a really cool amalgam of like of weirdness uh, that was fun to look up um so it's saying that this is uh dude sorry i'm not as good as a, a skimmer as you are um all right so <laughs> it's like saying it's a legendary creature here comparable to hobgoblins um unlike the other lutins nain rouge is an evil creature that is feared as an uh, an omen um, of great misfortune whenever he appears and is described as more frightening than the general hospitable lutins so lutins are good guys i guess and these ones are, are kind of a, a bad omen. So um, he said his appearance is said to presage terrible events. Um, the Renane Rouge appears a small childlike creature with red or black fur boots. Uh, it is said to have blazing red eyes and rotten teeth. Um, that's from an account from 1896. This thing's been around for a while. Um, the creature is said to attack the first white settler of Detroit in 1701, Antoine de la, uh, la Moth Cadillac. So this is the Cadillac guy who soon after lost his fortune, um, which is wild. The creature is also said to have appeared on July 30th, 1763, before the Battle of Bloody Run, where 58 British soldiers were killed by Native Americans from Chief Pontiac's tribe, um, the small tributary of the Detroit River, which still flows through what is now Elm, uh, Elmwood Cemetery River again, so turned red with blood for seven days after the battle. Uh, it, it, it is said he was seen dancing on the banks of the Detroit River. River again? Crazy. Um, multiple... Famous multiple sighting occurred in the days before 1805, but before the 1805 fire, which destroyed most, most of Detroit. Um, General William Hull reported a dwarf attack, quote in quotes, in the fog just before the surrender of Detroit in the War of 1812. So it, it, it almost seems like kind of Detroit's version of Mothman, how like Mothman is kind of associated with the Point Pleasant bridge collapse being seen before there as kind of a, uh, an omen of, of bad stuff. And that this is kind of the Detroit version of it. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a woman in 1884 described it as resembling a baboon with a horned head, brilliant, restless eyes, and a devilish leer in its face. Um, and there's just attacks and sightings 1960s, 1970s, 64, 76, 96. Um, 96, it was. Yeah. Want me to move on or keep. Uh, yeah, go next. Go to the next one. We all got the stuff to talk about. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Pressy Sea Monster. 
um, uh, many large, snaky, fishy things have been reported over the years among the Lake uh, Lilanau uh, monster, the sea monster of uh, Mackinac Straits, Soggy, the Saginaw Bay. Be- uh, sorry, many large, snaky fish things have been reported over the years, including the Lake Lilanau monster, the sea monster of uh, Mackinac Straits, um, Saggy, the Saginaw Bay beast, and Goober, the king of uh, the kind of bigger than normal worm splashing in the puddle in the driveway. I don't know what that means, um, what the sentence means, but. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's all in capitals, like it's a, like it's a title of things, like Goober, the, like it's, and it's called the kind of bigger than normal worm splashing in the puddle of, in the driveway, like it's his full title. That's a weird, that's a weird thing. All right, so it's saying it's um, this Pressy sighting is the most common one. Most like like uh, more than those other, those other I just I just listed. It's a uh, whale tailed but horse headed. So there's a tail of a whale and a horse and a head of a horse. It's um most commonly sighted or uh, yeah most commonly sighted at the Presque Isle River at the mouth of it. Um, a famous photograph of Presque was taken in 1977. Um, but it's like a classic blurry kind of Loch Ness monster type shot. Um, people say that it could be anything, but it's um. Kind of their famous Essie picture, Pressy picture. And that's from uh, Michigan, MichiganLive.com. Um, there's the giant green squirrel of Amble. Have you heard of this? This is crazy. No. Uh, somewhere in Montcalm, uh, Montcalm County is a town of Amble, Michigan. Population of approximately uh, 16.7 thousand, I think. Um, home to a bar, a church, a cemetery, and a legend. A legend of a squirrel so big, it says. Uh, it t- towers over Amble's tallest hill, and its chilling chatters or chilling chitters echo through the canyons. It's only seen at night, um, uh, when the sky is darkest and the moon is thin, like an almond sliver. Um, wow. Because squirrels are like, um, if, I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a jokey article, but um, yeah. so, so it's making a lot of like squirrel puns. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and that's I'm pretty sure I'm thinking that's Macomb County. I think uh, that's Macomb. That's, that's, yeah, Macomb. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. So, sorry. No, no oh, wow. oh, that's cool. So you got a yeah. giant squirrel running around you. Apparently. I mean, there's squirrels all over all over the state. And wow. especially, it seems like there's even more of them. Like, I wonder, there, there, it seemed like there was a lot of them in Port Huron as well. Oh, really? So I, I don't know if that has to do with the water or what, but that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's possible. Um, its eyes are either. Oh, yeah. So it says. Um, some say its, it's its size varies from a creature as small as a cow, which is big, very big, very big, especially for a squirrel, to almost as big as um, your grandfather's seventy-two Buick. It says, um, wow. which is monstrous. Uh, its its eyes are brown or yellow or blue or amber or uh, coke, <laughs> depending on the witness. It says, and then again, it stresses the squirrel is friggin' green, like it's like a giant green squirrel. Uh, huh. Bizarre. So that's two. That's two just extremely bizarre cryptids that I've never heard of until until doing this research for this. Um, and then melon heads, which I, I think we have a version of melon heads in Massachusetts too, but um, they're described as small children-like figures uh, with large round heads. Um, the melon heads of Michigan are generally spotted near uh, Saugatuck. Um, uh, there are many, many versions of the story. Some say that um, these things are like paranormal creatures, that they're some type of cryptid thing. 
others say that they're like a feral people that they're there was like a they're people with some type of condition um trying to find the condition here uh yeah hydrocephalus uh yeah a condition that causes buildup of fluid within the brain causing the skull to become enlarged and that these children lived at a junction at the junction insane asylum near felt mansion um the children were abused became feral and released into the woods um surrounding the asylum this is in like the 50s and the 60s like a lot of teenagers were seeing it all over the place and everything so kind of one story is that they're just kind of a cryptid thing another story is that they're abused uh people with a actual condition and they went feral into the woods and now like decades later it's just kind of this mutated feral species that most likely is terrorizing and eating people like that's that's another theory for like predatory bigfoot or the predatory wild man in the woods is that it's feral humans and that like if we uh like american horror stories did one like last year about feral people and like the like missing 411 was is actually it's not portals it's not bigfoot it's like these it's feral humans who like when they go into the woods um after generations they start to just like become like animals and they, and they start to like crave human flesh and everything it's 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 dark but there's all there's, there's a plethora of theories uh, about, about about those which is weird yeah um, and real quick felt mansion yeah. is also known for being haunted oh wow oh jeez always um and then the big one the big as far as for, for, for cryptids is concerned is the dog man um the michigan dog man uh absolutely man it's like the dog man is pretty much a michigan a michigan thing like, like it's a i think other places will call them like there's bigfoot but it's a dog, a dog man here. And depending on who you're talking to or, or the mythology, it can be kind of werewolfy where the person is transforming into a, a dog thing. Or it could be some type of humanoid dog person, like a dog that uh, just can stand up and walk on, on two legs. Um, or like a, like a human that did some type of ritual that tries to like transform into a, into a dog. So it could, it could look like a, just a regular dog. But it might be a human, um, so there it, it, it varies. And some just say it looks kind of like a, a more dog dog like Bigfoot, but still kind of similar to a, a Bigfoot. Um, so this article, uh, Evendist dot um, com, um, talking about myth legends of of uh, the dog man. Um, the French explorers called it Lucaru or Rukuru. Um, the Native Americans is a Wendigo, so he's comparing it. This site's comparing it to to more Wendigo than than Bigfoot, uh, which to me is probably more fascinating. Um, he's saying to, like, to the rest of us, the Michigan Dogman is pretty much your standard issue werewolf, um, like American Werewolf in London or Howling, um, with shape shifting wolves. Were, uh, sorry. Um, so legend has it the Michigan Dogman is an extra large wolf capable of rearing up on its hind legs to show off its human or torso, stare at you with blue or amber eyes, and unleash a frighteningly terrifying um, human scream, which is which is freaky. And that's a common thing with the Michigan Dogman is that like it shrieks. It has like the kind of like scary banshee kind of type type thing. It's very unsettling. And like being around, it's it's being around it is a it's not like Bigfoot where it's you kind of get the feeling of being watched and it's more, it's more just kind of like an animal in the woods. This is more of like a paranormal presence where you get like a, you get a dark feeling when it's around, you get like an unsettling feeling when it's around. Um, but also some legends 
some Native American legends believe that it's a good thing, and it's kind of similar to the Skinwalker, where, uh, or or I'm mixing it up, but like the werewolf or something like that, or it might be um, trying to fight the, this this thing, this um, this like dogman that's kind of like a defender of against the Wendigo. Because like a lot of the Skinwalker lore in the south in the American Southwest, it's like the Skinwalker primarily is a good guy and it's used to like battle the evil Wendigo. So like in Michigan, they have kind of a, a dogman Wendigo kind of uh, battle too, but they just don't call it Skinwalker around here. Um, they call it the Ruguru. Um, and then what's really fascinating is there is like, let's, let's go see, uh, back in 1996, 97, on April Fool's Day, in Traverse City, there's a DJ called Steve Cook uh, who wrote a song called The Legend that reiterated tales from northern Michigan um, that, like, had, that, like, really just took people by storm, I guess, and started getting a bunch of calls about seeing a dogman and stuff. So, like, he, uh, like, they attribute kind of the dogman term, like, the term, or kind of the being in the zeitgeist to this, like, ra- this, this radio DJ creating kind of a jokey dogman song just like t- it talks about kind of the narrative form of just like kind of like a dogman legend or whatever and then but people call in and be like no i i but he but this dj claims that he'd never heard of dogman before he, he claims that he just thought it'd be funny it's april fool's day that he he didn't he wasn't aware of any like dogman wolf person lore at all he just made it up whole cloth but then he started getting a, a ton of calls and like reports afterwards being like, no, this is real. I've been seeing it for decades. Like, no, like my grandmother saw it. Like, no, my my uncle saw it. Like, no, I saw it thirty years ago when I was a kid. Blah blah blah. And that like, and eerily, there was like a lot of similarities in in legends with um, things he had actually spoken about. So there's like, I don't know. It's interesting that the Dogman meme kind of popped up after a song made by somebody who claims to have no idea what it was. Um, but also it could just be he didn't know he's lying and he, he didn't know what it was he just made a song about it uh yeah just <laughs> just real quick um yeah i have heard of dogman sightings in other parts of the u.s but it does seem like the especially the earlier ones are more in michigan um yeah. so there's that and um but yeah i i had i've heard of this as well um the the and and it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm sort of glad that it's like mainly in northern michigan because <laughs> yeah. Those are that's one of those creatures I don't think I want to experience so much. No. Um, but and I've heard of the whole idea of, and I, I think there might be something to it. The idea of these um, Bigfoot and Dogman kind of keeping to themselves and and not really wanting to engage with each other or to yeah. deal with each other because they're both maybe they're both on fairly equal terms in terms of power or levels in terms of power. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I, I don't know, but uh, I mean, we, <laughs> Matt says we need to get James what? a dogman hunting kit. Uh, oh no, yeah, for no, real. you don't. You don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Derek. For real, no, uh, I, I, I'm just uh, fascinated by like the cryptid stuff. Less about like an actual animal in the woods, and more so about some type of like trickster spirit in the woods, or some type of like construct we're seeing in the woods, and that's just like. The meme of the dog man seems to be very popular in, in uh, like the Ruguru 
or the loop, the loop guru, however you want to pronounce it, um, is also the big in like New Orleans and stuff. It's a it's a French it's a French thing. Um, but I'll put the this dogman just seem, it seems to have a specific flavor, like separate like that. It's just in other parts of the of the country, it would just be called a werewolf. And a lot of the articles I was looking at just says that like, yeah, it's called the dogman in Michigan, but just like everywhere else, it's just it's just we're, we're, werewolf sighting and everything. But there seems to be something unique about this. And it's in like the there's like it's like a fusion kind of between a Bigfoot and a Skinwalker is kind of the vibe I'm getting um, from it. Um, and there's a famous sighting, I guess, uh, from 1938, again, preceding this song by 50 years, um, of a man fishing along the edge of the uh, Muskegon River um, near Paris, Michigan. Um, a pack of wild dogs appears. Uh, the man fired a shot into the air, and all but one of the dogs ran back into the woods. The remaining, quote, dog stood up on, the two, on his two legs and just glared at, glared at him with his unusual eyes. Um, similar reportings were uh, reported in the 1950s from Allegan County, and the 1960s from uh, Manistee County, Cross Village, and Big Rapids. Um, and so, like, Cross Village and Big Rapids, like, Rapids is a river kind of Like, there's just so much river stuff. Uh, like, Grand Rapids, like, Great Fall, like, Falls. There's like, a lot of, like, river names and everything. It's like, there's so much water around you, James. It's just like, it's all, it's, you're living on you're just living on a giant mystical river, like it's uh, I, I don't know wild. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, Matt's house says here, Beast of Bray Road happens in Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Which right here, yeah. right next yeah. to it in Michigan. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, there may be some more cryptid things uh, later in the notes, but uh, the next thing I have here is, um. A mystery spot uh, during the nineteen like it's pretty common in in most states. I think uh, I think there's like something like thirty seven mystery spots in America apparently. Um, but during the nineteen forties and fifties, saying it really took off across the country. Um, there's two of them in Michigan, I think. Uh, um, about like you know those, those anomalous like like gravity anomaly hills where where you get like a some say it's like an optical illusion, which it, pro- it probably is, but you can like get out of the car and it looks like your car is going like uphill. It's like driving uphill. Um, and there's a couple of this uh, mystery spot in St. Uh, Ignacy and mystery Hill in the Irish Hills. And when I was looking at the ley line stuff, a lot of the uh, maps were kind of connecting these mystery spots together and forming like pentagrams and everything around Michigan. Uh, Nice. So, trying to trying try to explain the paranormal activity because because of that, um, and then uh, you can interrupt me at any time too. I feel like I'm rambling, but uh, yeah. Right. Well, um, I, I think we should because it's we should probably get to the UFO stuff. Oh yeah, I think okay. at this right. point. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I just um, I found this one site, and it's actually apparently an active UFO reporting site. Whoa, whoa. Um, which is uh, latest-ufo-sightings.net and then um, Michigan is like the sub page and it has it's apparently it's active because I just found um, a report here from this month, earlier this month oh, wow. in Canton, Michigan it says it's strange UFO light hovering in evening sky and changing direction and light intensity um, and that was on October 8th of this uh, month there's, um I, there's a yeah. lot of canton i feel like when i was listening i focused less on like uh because some of these podcasts were just 
stories kind of right. and that's like that's harder for me to, 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 to like find with research and stuff so uh but there's i feel like the word canton was like sp- spoken of a lot i feel like canton's kind of a, one of these hotspots um possibly yeah um, so let me see here this next one here and i'll just go through it these are all like really brief just yeah. tiny little paragraphs the next one here is from june 3rd in lansing michigan which is the capital um and that's a says reflective UFOs appeared in a tight cluster over Lansing, Michigan, and a lot of these have videos too. Um, wow! So yeah, so that's the second one, and I'll just do one more here. Triangle Triangle UFO over Detroit, Michigan, and that's wow. in, on uh, March 11th of this year. And um, this, let me see here. It's just saying what happened. Yeah, so. There's there are active websites if you want to look around you can find you know things like that about yeah. things that are happening still to this day. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there's a crazy synchronicity with the with planning the show in UFOs. So we already know we were going to be doing this Michigan episode, and then Unsolved Mysteries comes out and they drop a UFO episode about Michigan. Yes, um, wild. And you, and you told me about that. You're like, or you're like, I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries right now. There's a watching a UFO, UFO episode, and so there's all kinds of articles about it. So this is um, uh, I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, um, but saying that there was March eighth, nineteen ninety four, um, arguably like one of the strangest, one of the ma- biggest mass sightings. There was more than three hundred calls, nine one one calls. Reporting like UFO sightings all across Michigan. The thing with this thing was moving, um, like around Lake Michigan. It was moving like uh, around Grand, Grand Haven. It's saying um, again, I'm not really familiar where these where these parts are, but like the map on the actual show itself, kind of was showing kind of where, where it's bouncing around. It's kind of going south, and all kind of rivers all around it, like all kind of rivers all around it, and like so. This article saying, um. Cindy Pravada of Grand Haven remembers the night in vivid, vivid details. Four lights uh, in the sky that looked like full moons. So these four massive spheres, um, all like kind of moving in unison, um, and that's kind of what everyone was seeing. Some of them were seeing like the orbs kind of spreading out and then like coming back in together, like moving very weirdly. They weren't like it wasn't like one giant craft. It was kind of this four separate things that were sometimes fused together, like split out into like six different things. Truly, really bizarre. And then, um, but the craziest part is like there was, was besides the fact that there's 300 plus uh, 911 calls for it, which is just wild. That's like that's like Phoenix Lights territory. And, and but I've never heard about it until this episode. And then um, there was a crazy uh, National Weather Service like call. So the, like the dispatch for 911 calls the National Weather Service to see if they pick anything up on radar. And there's a, I won't go into the whole thing. People should watch the episode. But basically, this guy like tracked this thing on the radar, on these things on the radar for uh, hours. And it's like he's saying that you shouldn't be able to see it on the radar. It's it's, it's like massive blobs on this weather radar, which is supposed to pick up uh, weather. It's not supposed to pick up crafts like this. He was saying, and he was saying it kept it kept like coming in and coming out, like like blinking in, blinking out, and it was almost that there was an interaction between them. Like as if they knew he was watching them on the radar and stuff. It, like there was a high strangeness element to it. But this is like, to me, 
maybe more impressive than than Rossworld and the Phoenix Lights. Is this is like one of the wilder sighting, like mass sightings I've ever I've ever heard of. And uh, again, Michigan, crazy. Yeah, and at one point in the episode, I remember because I, I listened to it, they said that at one point, or it, it, for a lot of the sightings, these lights were over the one clear spot in the water that wasn't yes. covered over covered over by ice. Oh yeah. So again, you have this this they're near water. That's crazy. Focused on the place yeah. where it's, it's liquid water. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there was another uh, UFO. It's uh, calling it a UFO wave of 1966, where there was just um, a, a quote unquote monster. A definition of a monster flap. flap saying um, this is like a numerous um, police reports. Police like. Sighting, like the, the police would search and like see these strange lights and like find them. There's a ton, there's a ton of reports from them. It's saying, um, it's saying it prompted a response. It's like so many of these, so many official, like, uh, actual officials, like high power people reporting this thing. That Gerald Ford, who was a congressman in Michigan at the time, I'm assuming that's President Gerald Ford. Was he from Michigan? I think so. Um, he actually had to like. Given a like a announcement saying there's going to be a congressional investigation into this UFO thing. This is a huge, huge deal. Um, but apparently, it never came into fruition. It says um, it was like fo- focused around Isabella County, um, and I think this might be where the term swamp gas comes from, because Jay Allen Hynek, who's in charge of Project Blue Book, uh, had to come out and check it out, and he says it's just it was it was swamp gas. So like I think the meme, the idea of swamp gas from this Michigan UFO wave of 1966, which again a pillar of UFO of UFO phenomena takes place in Michigan. I didn't I didn't, I didn't know that until until the research either. Um, yeah, what was that county again? I'm just looking at the map here. Uh, sorry, I'll go back to it. Um, Isabella. Isabella. Okay, I'm just gonna look and see where. Oh, you know what's funny about that is it's like in the middle of the state. Wow. It's 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 if you look at this map of the counties, it's like in the um, if because everybody knows this the the state knows it's a shape of a hand or a mitten. Yeah, mitten. Yeah. It's in the the um, the part the top part of the mitten, like right in the, in the actually it's in the middle. Oh, it's almost like in the middle of the entire mitten. That's crazy. So there's so there's really stuff all there's stuff in the southeast, there's stuff in the southwest, in the middle, in the upper peninsula. On, on the Great Lakes itself, like I know we're short on time. Want me to just start just rifling off these as quick as we can? I'll, I'll mention them just in passing. Like, um, yeah. So there's other weird UFO stuff. There's uh, this huge Kinross sighting. I think uh, in Sioux Locks, um, the U.S. Air Force Base, uh, 1953. So massive thing. Um, uh, the Worsmith Air Force Base sighting of 1975. Um, that's that's one's tied to like aliens involved with nukes because there was like a nuclear weapons base apparently um there uh the michigan the lake michigan triangle here is a big one that was like i was when i found that i was excited to tell you about that um sometimes referred to as the michigan triangle it's 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 uh spans from um man uh manitowoc um so how do you say that again um, that might be the way. I'm not sure, but okay. yeah, go Man- ahead. Manitowoc, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It spans from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, to Ludington, Michigan, 
uh, and South Bend and uh, sells to Bent Harbor. Um, this triangle is accounted for numerous mysterious events beginning in 1891. Uh, it lists off a bunch of like um, mysterious uh, shipwrecks, basically. The Rosa Bell ship mystery, the disappearance of Captain Donner, the disappearance of the Northwest, Northwest Flight 2501. Uh, this is crazy. North America Stonehenge found in Lake Michigan. Um, a 40, in 2007, a 40 foot ring of rocks resting underneath Lake Michigan with a very similar alignment to uh, that of Stonehenge. Wow. Um, <laughs> this is hard. Uh, one stone outside the circle seems to have carvings that resemble a mastodon, an ancient elephant like animal that went extinct about 10,000 years ago. Um, <sighs> Jesus. Uh, when you see it in the water, you're tempted to say that is not real. Um, I told the guy, I told the reporter. Um, but it's real, apparently. Um, some say the triangle has a time portal that could bend time, uh, saying it's caused by a metaphysical force, supernatural vortex. Um, and there's just like 1,500 shipwrecks since the 1800s has been in this. It's like a, it's like a Bermuda Triangle as far as like ships and planes going down, mixed with like a Bridgewater Triangle as far as like being a center of UFOs and um, ghost ships. And just, it's like, uh, and sea monsters and stuff. Really, wow. and just the Stonehenge thing is wild, wild, wild. That um, is, I'd heard and, of a lot of the shipwrecks and the the UFO sightings. I had not heard of the the the, the Stonehenge like thing. That's, yeah, it's, that's yeah, crazy. It's neat. Uh, so there's a potential underground base. This is from 2017. Somebody uh, b- between Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Um, there's wow. Uh, alleged West Michigan base to which they gave no specific location. So some, somebody found this on like Google Maps and then went unchecked, checked it out, and like tried to disclose it in 2017 or whatever is, is the idea behind it. Um, there's a bunch of articles about it. It's like pretty, pretty legitimate. There's like there's all kinds of videos, but it hasn't been like officially like said to be real by by anybody anybody official. But you can like you can go and look at it and see it and see it. I think um, the. It's a, but people think it's along US 131 South, um, south of Grand Rapids, uh, near the communities of Door or Moline. It's called a nuclear military base. Um, there's videos and all kinds of stuff, which, which an underground base is cool, but like underground bases lead me right to like underground anomalous stuff, underground like under, underground paranormal stuff, like underground cryptids, underground cave systems, underground, just a lot of cool stuff underground. Yeah, um, there's also at least one, I think maybe even two universities, colleges. Yeah. In Kalamazoo. <clears throat> oh. Multiple men, um, mental health med- medical facilities there, I believe. There's that also, of course, that training center that I went to that was extremely haunted. Wow. That was right across from a uh, a hospital like that, wow. right across the street from it. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. That seems to be something going on there. Yeah. Um, it's and then to, to kind of with the underground thing we talked about before, but the Michigan Michigan mines. There's like so many copper deposits and everything, but they're found saying almost exclusively in the Portage Lake lavas. So it's saying that there's a uh, 200 lava flows with uh, 20 interbred uh, interbeaded conglomerates, sandstone, and shit. so there's like lava tubes and everything underneath there too so like there's copper there's lava tubes 
there's magnetic anomalies and stuff. This could be explained like the ley line mystical aspect of the of, of the phenomena. Um, in my opinion, uh, other weirdness we have uh, there's also it's the large like the, there's huge salt deposits there. It's uh the biggest salt mine in the world is uh in Lake Huron. Um, it's like the it's it's harvested out of like the other side of Lake Huron, but it's like in the right smack dab in the middle of Lake Huron. Um, it, there's a Michigan Deep Woods Triangle in the woods of northern Michigan near Hewawatha National Forest. It's a massive triangle, um, unnamed and unlabeled on Google on Google Maps that freaks freaks people out. I'll post a picture on that, but people don't know what it is. It's just in the middle of the woods. Um, now, real quick, the northern yeah. part of Michigan. There's a lot of like just open land forests out there, uh, and and just just a lot of country is out there. Oh yeah, and because sure. um, I have family up there, I have family in um in a small town, um near the in the near the top of well let me see here let me check on the map again, um it's near the it's like in the thumb yeah it's in the, oh, yeah. It's in the thumb let's see here let me double check on that real quick and I'll let you know. But uh, let me see here. I'm looking. Uh, if you all ever reach me um, on Discord in the voice chat, I'll, I'll tell you the name of the town, but it's really small. <laughs> I, don't really wanna, yeah. I don't really want to say what name of the place, but it, it uh, is. In, yeah, it, it's um, it's in the thumb. I'll just say that much. So wow. yeah, and, and and that area has a weird feeling to itself. It's in the yeah. way it's just it's all open. Yeah. And in- I I've I've had I stayed overnight there once and. Just looking out into all that open land, it was like I don't know. I felt like there was like stuff out there. I really did. Yeah, for sure. And like the, like the woods itself has has a has a tie. So again, there's a I looked at some some Native American lore, and um, saying that they're they're like known as like woodland woodland tribes, kind of. And they, they like the, there's a certain amount of like veneration of trees. Um, so the the Anishobi. It's kind of like the main the main Native Americans who lived there, the first ages people, consisting of a second like amalgamation consisting of Algonquin tribes, uh Ojibwe, Odawa, uh, uh Potawatoma, uh a few other ones. Um but their religious beliefs are um uh sorry, I'm trying to get to the good stuff. Um animism is the core of their um belief system. Um they've revolved around spirits that inhabit all natural objects such as people, animals, plants, rocks. Uh, Kichi or or Gichi Minidu is the spirit that is present in all things um, natural, including the sun, moon, and even sicknesses. Um, there is various spirits in different shapes and forms that bring good and bad fortune. Um, the evil spirits as the wind goes, protect themselves, they give offerings. Um, the spirit elder was a medicine man, uh, gives knowledge to the, to the of the spirit world, blesses objects, heals people. There's a healing lodge. You can give uh, you have to give herbs and offerings in four cardinal directions, tobacco in the east, white sage in the west, white cedar in the south, sweetgrass in the north. Um, the mana dog are the, are the spirits or the mysteries, they call them. Quote mysteries are just like these kind of uh, the sources of life and existence whose power can be accessed through dreams, songs, dances, and other forms of specialized ritual knowledge. So where do ideas come from? According to these yeah. people, it's this. Um, that's pretty much the crux of that. I just want to get. To, I just want to. I know we're running out of time, so I just want to. Uh... No, we're good. And also, that I find. I just realized this. I find it ironic in a way that some peoples in the world consider 
you know, the, all these objects to be alive, including rocks, yep. which we know have energy fields. Exactly. 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 I never That's thought true. about that until just now. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, just five most haunted places here I got. The uh, Doherty Hotel in Clear. Um, the Terrence Inn in 1911 restaurant. Uh, uh, Petoskey. Um, there's some, there's some more, but it's it's essentially the same thing. People die, people, like people die, and they see they, they see the ghosts, right. and they blame they blame the ghosts. But again, I think it might might be more centered around the fact that they're on these sacred spots. Um, and obviously, the trauma will will add to it. But I think the trauma could be, um, just like our most recent memory of the of the thing, but not not the actual core of why like why it all happens, kind of. Um, the Whitney Restaurant in Detroit. Yes, uh, I've heard of that one. Yep. Yeah. That one um, a lot. The Saul, the the, the Sioux, Sioux Choi, Sioux Chu um, Point Lighthouse we talked about, I think, already. Uh, Michigan's first state prison in Jackson. Um, Fort Holmes, a backed rails cemetery in uh, Mission Point Resort, uh, Mackinac Island. Uh, that's basically it. Um, there's a Pier, uh, Pier Cheney, the ghost town of Pier Cheney. Um, uh, they're saying that there was like fifteen hundred or like twenty five hundred people um, living here in uh, in eighteen ninety seven, and by nineteen oh one, the population was down to only twenty five people because wow. uh, it was crushed by a plague. Um, I'm just trying to find the name of it. Uh, outbreak of uh, I can't see the I can't see the name of it. I'm just trying to skim real fast to find find. Uh, but essentially, it's like a it's like a plague that hit Michigan in particular extremely hard. During like in, the, in like the fur trade is extremely hard, and um, so a lot of like the hauntings of these ghost towns point to that trauma being like the being the trauma that caused causes the haunting. So the way like people say Gettysburg is haunted because of the battle, like this was this is Michigan's battle. This is as far as like this lore is concerned, um, which is it's just is interesting. Um, but there's like that's like the most famous ghost town. But there's a odd amount of ghost towns in Michigan too. Uh, at least like five or six of them. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, basically, we're, we're, get, we're getting down to the end. Basically, it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's, that'll, that'll, that's pretty much it, I think. Um, the Ada Witch is a. This is a big one. Uh, yeah, I've heard that name before. A popular yeah. lesson in uh, a legend in West West Michigan. Um, people came. Like, she's a lady in white. So there's all kinds of lore about. Uh, somebody dying of typhoid or some kind of like witch who was uh, killed and now is haunting the place or whatever. But it all stems back to this lady in white lore, which is all over the place. And, oh, yes. and we have a friend who like, uh, at, at national travel and appears as a lady. If you can see her, like she appears as a lady in white. So like the lady in white, um, I don't, I don't know if that's, a murder like i think that might, that might be like again of some type of paranormal activity that people are like the first thought is like oh it must be like this death or something it must be like i don't know it's, it's, it feels very like 1980s 1990s style paranormal that i think like yeah. we're kind of moving to a different paradigm um but yeah the ada witch that's a, that's a big one uh but it's pretty, it's pretty much it james this is a strange 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 um place you, you live with over there really fun to research yeah, it is. And you know what? I was thinking I could um I could retell maybe the, the most uh the craziest story that I have from that training center. 
uh, to end this episode tonight here and yeah, uh, get your reaction to it. And uh, But yeah, so I mentioned that training center that I went to in Kalamazoo. It's for people that have low vision or no vision. And I had many experiences there. Um, I went there twice, once when I was about 19 or 20, and then once when I was, well, about 31 or 32. Um, and it, the biggest thing that happened there was this one night, one of my last nights there, um, I was in this TV conference room. Everybody had already left the room, um, going to bed or just getting ready to go to bed. And it was like, yeah. I don't know, past midnight, probably one or two in the morning. And I started after everybody left and there was no more, no one moving around in the room or in the hallway. I started hearing, um, these little little taps on the outside windows and but it was in the middle of winter so to get to these windows you'd have to walk through bushes that were covered in mounds of snow windows unless you were super tall yeah fairly tall and and they were little taps and and then it's around the same time i started hearing someone walking down the hallway outside this room um with a white cane, making the, the tapping the cane on the ground, which is how oh. some people, um, how we, we figure out what's there, you know, what's in front of us and steps yeah. and walls and whatever, navigating around. And, uh, but I looked up at the door, the nearest door, because these doors had windows that you could see out into the hallway. And, um, but the thing is, the lights in the hallway never turned on and they oh. were motion activated. Wow. And they never turned on, even while I was hearing wow. these sounds. That's crazy. And, yeah. And so, and I, this is, I mean, this is after most of my experiences, really. So I wasn't really freaked out. I was really interested in what, like, what is going oh, on yeah. here. And so I just kept on, I was on my laptop, I was writing on, working on one of my, my stories. And um, at one point, I hear a harder knock on one of the windows. And I turn and look, and it's one of my friends. Yeah. Um and he uh, is motioning for me to go to the other room next door, which is a library, which has a door that you can use to get in and out. So he wanted me to let him in, basically. <laughs> and, and so I let him in, and he came into the room, and all, all the knocking had stopped at this point, once he, yeah. once he was in the room with me. And the sounds of the hallway had stopped as well. Um, and he was saying, you're not going to believe this, because... Uh, he said, he said, I was in my room and I started hearing bumps and bangs in my room. And, and he said, I, I decided to try um, re- recording the, uh, the sounds in the room to wow. do like what they call an EVP session, electronic voice yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. Because this whole time we were there, we'd been watching shows on all this stuff too. Nice. And, um, and, uh, and having experiences, hearing, hearing knocks and, and seeing shadows in the back of the room while we Jeez. were listening to these shows. In that same oh, conversation, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, so, so he said, I recorded. I, I, I asked if there, if there was anyone there. I started recording and asked if there was anyone there. And let it go for a little while. And then stopped the recording and listened back to it. And, and he said, and I'll play what I, you know, what I recorded here in a second for you. But he said he went out, out to smoke, get, smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And um, came back into... Uh, to 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 go and show me, and he he met another of our friends in the hallway. Tried to play this recording for them. It would not play. Wow. And 
and and so that freaked him out even more. So he went back outside, um, if I remember right. And and so the electronics again. again. Yeah, and so that's when he eventually came right in and and got me, and he said, "So here's what I got," and it was a recording of a voice, a woman's voice, that I recognized from two other times in that that place. Uh, the first time I was there, so over a decade earlier, I recognized this voice. And I heard this voice once in the middle of the night when I was trying to go to sleep in the room I was in. And then another morning, while I was on the phone with another friend, we both heard it. On the phone? In, in the, the phone. phone. Yes. Oh, jeez, Louise. Wow. And, and so, and it was just, some, it sounded like they were just working, like they were just saying what they were doing, like to, to someone else they were working with. It was just like, I'm coming down the hallway now. Yeah. But it wasn't like a uh, like a threat or no, no. It was just like they were going through their usual motions. Yeah. Um. So anyway, this but on the cell phone, this the same voice was on there saying, "Looking for the one named James." Whoa. And, yeah. And so, I was I was really amazed at that. Like I've heard of stories of EVPs, and I'd, I'd heard them, you know, over the years, but I'd never. Had had one like that where it was like right there where I heard it. That's and it incredible. Was where I was at, and I had been at, and and my friend was freaked out. I was just amazed. I wasn't quite so freaked out, but I was still. It was still a little bit unnerving. Yeah. And to end that, um, after he played that, his phone. He had issues with his phone for days until he was finally able to delete that file. And then uh, once he was able to do that, then his phone was back to normal again. Oh. And I ended up leaving, of course, around that time too. So, yeah, it was just really um, an amazing experience. And uh, that's a great so, one. Yeah, yeah. Have I heard so that one before? Yeah. The, yeah. 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 The, the, and, that, that's that's the uh, the the part about not setting off the hallway hallway uh lights like the, the, the motion sensor that's really trippy and then i don't know, just ties it ties in with like i don't, I don't know the, the, deleting the file causes the phenomena to stop possibly that's like what are we getting into here this is this is a that's a great story jess that's a yeah and there's more details and, and little things but the main thing i wanted to get to was just that recording so yeah, yeah. um that's, really, that's, that's wild yeah, let's see. I'm looking at the chat here. Matt Salas says, some of the goats I have seen were wearing a white gown. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I do agree that, you know, we, we really don't know in a lot of cases what people look like when they're, when they're, when they're out of body or astral traveling. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. So, that's, one, that's, that's one deer. I'm just rifling real quick uh, all these pictures uh, that I didn't get to post. So one of these is uh, the first one is UFO sightings. And it's like a by kind of um, like concentration. There's is kind of the, the green globules there, and it's not a full. You can't you can't see the full US, but that is an insane amount of globules. Like there's not that many little orbs in the rest of the map. Like it's Michigan's heavy. And then um, those are at the uh, magnetic anomalies. Is the second picture. The third picture is the copper mines and like the vein that goes through and that kind of matches the leyland maps that we got here a couple articles um i'm gonna post the cryptids real quick that's what the dogman looks like that's there's something called the gable film which is like one of the most famous dogman videos we didn't talk about but that's a still from that 
people say it's a hoax, um, but it's very, fa- very famous, and and I'm not sure if it's a hoax. Uh, this is the melon heads, real quick. This is the um, that red imp thing. Um, okay. Very creepy. There's oh, there's giant mounds, and there's like skeleton bones we didn't talk about, but those were also found in Michigan. Um, hundreds of giant bones um, in like the late 1800s. Um, and some of, some of these some of these stories get murky in other places of the world, but when I was we won't get to the whole thing right now. But like, uh, there was a pretty legitimate, a pretty legitimate story as far as as far as I'm concerned. So take that with a grain of salt, obviously. But uh, it's like if every fringe topic that tickles my fancy seems to be uh, accounted for in Michigan. So James, thank you for inviting me to this episode. I was a blast. I did the research and I had a really fun uh, on the show. Thank you, thank you for doing so much because I was I did what I could, but um, there wasn't all that much just because I was doing other shows and everything. And yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, no, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I'm sure we'll um, we'll talk again on one of these shows at some point this month in a couple weeks or so. Yeah, definitely, and definitely. Go um, yeah. So happy Halloween, happy Halloween, everybody! Thank you for listening. Um, and James, huge congratulations on two years, uh, huge two years, and I uh, can't wait to see what the what the next year has as in store. Can't imagine where you're going to be uh, this time next year. But I'll, uh, yeah. I'll mute up, but just uh, thank you again for having me. No problem. And thank you. And yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun and I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, just a quick note, I will be um, kind of guest co-hosting tonight. Uh, if you're listening to this live on Trouble Minds Radio with Michael Strange. So um, the shows continue basically. That starts in about uh, 22 minutes, a little bit over that. So, um, so I better get going. <laughs> so thank you all for being here, and I will talk to you all tomorrow night on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.